Welcome back to In The Zone. Thank you so very much. Thank you for very much. So I do owe you an apology. I, uh, I'm not, not, not very experienced on the on the casting, so I didn't know this. John uh, caught off at the two. Oh two no, hour no, mark. that's not you. That's me. I, I, um, I wasn't sure how long. You know, I always play like to go natural. So, um, I had to learn it the hard way. I did uh, with Jose the on the '90s Cowboys. I'm in my <laughs> office during the quarantine. You know, that's the only place I can go. My house in the office. So he's at his home. And we were just flowing, and it hit two hours, and it just cut off. And then, oh, that so, must have been awful. It, it wound up being all right because it was just a great show, and then we learned. But at first, it was like well, I didn't know what it was. But then it was like I call. He called me. He was like, "What the hell?" And I'm, I don't know. So I, I'm like, "I haven't saved." He's like, "Well, we weren't done. Let's just keep it going." I was like, "You damn right, yeah. Like, <laughs> you just keep it going, you know." So that's how I feel. It's a great conversation. Um, and we're not done. So I'm like, you know, let me before I didn't want you to think something happened and it gets cut off and you're like, it did all that work for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, no, nah, it's it's fine, it's saved. But um I wanted to keep it going because do you think, you know, we, we saw a Brazilian jujitsu practitioner wins UFC one, wins the first few UFCs. Um would you say that there is a ultimate discipline? No. Because because amateur wrestling over the past, I, I I guess since Matt Hughes, right? Which is or maybe Mark Coleman was the first, and Mark Kerr were the first, really. Yeah, I think so it was uh, well Kevin Randleman. Well, I think Kerr and Coleman. Kerr is like the first, like the Smashing Machine. Mark Kerr. Mark Kerr, yeah. He's been one of the first like a early UFCs. That is a great, huge, awesome. There's also a, a low key. I don't know how much. Hicks and Gracie has a documentary called Choke. Yes. That was on uh, HBO for a minute. Yeah, they both were HBO, and they're not on there. I, I see them on YouTube now. Um, yeah, it's that's, kind of a shame, and they're wonderful documentaries. I don't get why. Yeah, they, they need to be kind of brought back because um, I think they're really a great you know time capsule, a time test study in like mixed martial arts and the evolution of it and really precursors to what we see now. Um Correct. But to answer your question, the ultimate, the ultimate discipline, I think if we're going to, if we're going to go by ultimate discipline, if we're going to, I think the discipline that truly gives you the best bang for your buck is amateur wrestling. Okay. And the reason why is this because yeah, uh, the greatest Muay Thai fighter in the world and the greatest BJJ guy in the world, they literally had the skills to do serious damage to uh, an elite collegiate wrestler. However, the collegiate wrestler really has the upper hand in taking away those skills from those elite strikers and grapplers in a way that those elite strikers and grapplers cannot take away the skill from a collegiate wrestler. Mm-hmm. The ability to control where the fight goes is, is a really, really big chunk of that fight pie chart. You know, if we're going to take a pie chart, we're really going to break it into three parts. You know, you have stand-up fighting, you have ground fighting, and that area in the middle is, you know, the transition period. And wrestlers... That's 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 such a big advantage. Now, 
because when you see, and that's where, you know, the rise in popularity of BJJ really starts right here, UFC 1, November of 93, in America. Yes. Um, and there was a trend for a while where every, BJJ, BJJ. And now you're right. You've seen it, especially I say this past decade in, in mixed martial arts and the hot UFC, a lot of amateur wrestling, amateur wrestling, which is great. It's some, especially as me, I'm an amateur wrestling fan. Oh, yeah. History yeah. and currently. I love watching, you know, Big Ten Network all day. But do you think that it's a trend? Do you think that we'll have a judo trend? Uh, I hope so. You know what I'm saying? Or a karate trend or uh, so, different trends like that. Do you think, or do you no. think amateur wrestling as the top dog is here to stay? I think it's, uh, I think it's amateur wrestling, uh, uh, amateur wrestling, BJJ and, uh, and, and Muay Thai. Muay Thai. Yes. Yeah, I think those are the big three. Uh, and the reason why is because we've had, you know, really only two karate guys achieve super mainstream success in the UFC. And that's Leona Machida Mach- and, yeah. and GSP. Um, you know, we've had how many and GSP wrestling is, is up there with collegiate wrestling with elite collegiate wrestlers. I mean, he made Josh Koscheck his bitch. Right. His, Josh his... Koscheck was a monster he he Matt. whooped matt hughes twice and matt hughes wasn't totally on the downswing of his career yeah as uh, and that you're right because gsp if you look at his base his foundation was karate but when you look at when he was in the ufc his his wrestling his takedown ability is really what sticks out and i sure. think he had many talents but i don't think it's, it's hard to find a weak point in gsp's arsenal but what really made him stick out was that amazing wrestling ability. Correct. Yeah. So I mean, those are the two real big, you know, only karate guys. So um, they're really, I mean, Ronda Rousey ruled women's MMA, much less you know, one thirty-five pound women's MMA with with judo. She was a she was a a, a judo Olympian. You know, she won like bronze. She won the bronze. Yeah. Bronze. Yeah. You know, it's a big deal. Uh, Kayla Harrison is is walking through people in the PFL for yes, for I've been seasons. been following her heavy, absolutely. But I mean, we haven't seen other than those two. I mean, we've had who are the other big judo judo players in in MMA? I mean, Hector Lombard was uh, a judo guy. Um, uh, Sexy Yama Yoshiro Akiyama was a judo guy, and. I think Sokuju may have been a. If we're going back way back, Sokuju I think was a judo guy. Yeah, I think uh, there's yeah. Um, there's a couple, but they 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 never really accomplished. You know, resounding success. First off, they're all successful MMA fighters. They're they're you know they're I mean Sokuju. I don't know what his record is at the moment. Um, I know it was bad at one point. He, he his claim to fame was he knocked out uh, the uh, the two hundred five Minotaro. Uh, when nobody thought he would, it was like the Matt Sarah GSP upset of pride. Right. Um, but aside from that, like every other fighter that we just mentioned, is a resounding success in MMA. Uh, I mean, they didn't hold on the titles uh, at all or very very long, but uh, not in the same sense that a good combination of BJJ wrestling, 
and um, and striking. But if we take a look at people who are predominant, like wrestlers, you know, there's a sizable amount of people who who won, who won. For sure, you know, Randy Couture, Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell was a was a was a was a high school wrestler. Right, I thought I thought he got some yeah. college, like, I mean, go he to like, may. A junior college, or he, uh, may. he may, or something like that. Yeah, he he definitely did. Uh, you know, we know Lesnar. Yeah, Brock Le- Brock Lesnar, Mark Coleman, uh, um, Dan Severn. Dan you know, he Severn, uh, uh, Don Fry, Don Fry. Yeah, uh, you know, Randleman. We talked Kevin Matt, Randleman, Matt Hughes, uh, Matt Hughes, Evan Tanner. Uh, uh, who I think Matt Hughes made it popular. Yes. Well, then that, that Uriah Faber, uh, yeah, uh, uh, freaking uh, Josh Emmett, um, who's who's coming up, uh, 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 Chad Mendez, Frankie Edgar. You know the, the the names of of highly successful MMA fighters with a solid base of wrestling. I believe to be a larger group than 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 any other any other striking or or grappling. Yeah. I mean, you think you got Yoel Romero? You, yeah, Yoel Romero. Jesus, how did I forget him? He was a he was ben, an Olympian too. Yeah, Ben Askren. I know he had the loss, but he did for one of the big names in a long time for martial arts. And people were looking at you know Ben Askren, a nas- two time national champion wrestler, and people were looking at Dana White. Why don't you have Ben Askren in the UFC? Dude, so Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson, Matt Lindland, uh, oh, Daniel Cormier, Daniel Cormier. Jeez, uh, we're like, yeah. So the, the the list just keeps on growing and growing. Now there's, I think, I think it goes, I think it goes collegiate wrestling, BJJ, and then Muay Thai. Muay Thai. I believe those. So I believe those my, in that order. My, I kind of have a two part question for you. All right, what's up? So the first is, if you had a son or daughter who wanted to get into this, and a lot of times. People go to just straight up MMA gyms, but a lot of people still, you have a base, like we said, wrestling, BJJ, whatever the case. Would you? Would it kind of be if you have a son or daughter came up to you, they're young, they want to get into, you know, they'll, they'll say combat sports in general. Are you pretty much going to tell them like it's really like you, you know you're not heartless. You'll give them any option that you can. Yeah. But you're going to be like, hey, son or daughter, it's really. Freestyle wrestling, BJJ, Muay Thai—those really only three to really start with or look at. The rest you don't need. Well, if I had, not that you don't yeah. need, if, but like if I could, you're if, wasting your time almost. Almost, unless I had a specific passion for judo. Um, That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not entertaining really any form of karate. I'm not. Yeah. Enter- I'm not entertaining taekwondo. Uh, you know, like if you're wearing a black gi top with like a white gi bottom with like red stripes, like you're pretty much a fucking garbage dojo. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like the George Tillman's and shit. Like, uh, no, I'm not entertaining that. Um, but I would, uh, yeah, you know, whatever they really wanted to do, you know, I would but try if to you, guide if them. They, if but they if, put it in your hands, If right? they put it like... in my hands, if they said, if they said, if they told me, uh, they're like, Mike, oh wait, these are my kids, right? So, maybe kids, or you can be maybe maybe in a nephew or niece. Then it oh, doesn't right, matter. Yeah. You know. So if they were young enough, and they were like, well, you know, I'm really interested in this. Like, what would what if they were seeking my advice? Uh, I would, 
I would immediately recommend wrestling first. And the reason why is this. Wrestling teaches you to go through a wall. It teaches you to the grind. Embrace the grind, the fitness grind, the wrestling grind, the the constantly, you know, being aware of what you eat because you want to stay on weight, you know, drinking lots of water, staying away from, you know, drugs and alcohol, you know, and it's a long season. Uh, my, my dad, growing up, my dad said that I could do any sport that I wanted. But mm-hmm. if I did it, I had to do it for the entire season. I didn't have to re-sign up. But, but you couldn't quit during the season. I could not quit during the season. You know, you're going to do the entire thing. When you start something, you finish something. And not only what that's how he told it to me, but what I got out of it was I didn't know whether I liked it or not until I went through the whole thing. You know, you, right. I didn't have an understanding, you know? Right. So uh, for me, I, I stuck with baseball. Baseball just stuck with me, but uh, that's how I would do it. I would say, you know, we're going we're gonna to get you into wrestling. Uh, and when I sign you up, I'm going to take you to every, every practice. I'm going to make sure that you're safe and you're having fun, but you're going to listen to your coaches. And another thing is I would let the coaches coach. Yeah, you know, for sure. You know, if you're, if, if you're going to sign your kid up for wrestling, boxing, kickboxing, judo, taekwondo, even BJJ, don't be, don't be a sideline parent. You mm-hmm. know, you're out of your element. You're, you're literally paying money first off and sometimes a lot of money but for quality instruction you know you get what you pay for don't take that away just drop the kid off come back in an hour pick his ass up see how they did that's how i would do it so uh, that would be mine would be so would then be let me wrestling, would be wrestling. let me ask you then as far as you know hopefully you know we see you know, ufc mma is growing still in north america then do you see these other martial art disciplines, a karate, a judo, a sambo, do you see them becoming really niche and almost kind of dying off? Uh, well, so judo, no. Sambo, no. Sambo, as far as America. As, as far, far as, as America. America. No, well, remember, you and I went to that sambo tournament at the Chamonix High School, which was dope. Really, really well. Right. Oh, and, that's, and that was my thing because, like, right now they're not – I think, like – Catch wrestling is niche, right? Yes. Like you, very, you have Josh, yeah. Josh Barnett does, but right now, like catch wrestling is very niche. I wouldn't say karate is that, or judo is that, or sambo, or even Krav Maga. But cat, but do you think that if hey people are seeing like wrestling, hey amateur wrestling, BJJ, Muay Thai. Why do you need the others? Like, you know, yeah, like... I think I think the natural progression, it's like a, it's like how the market goes. You know, what I mean, like like typewriters were an effective way to, 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 to generate documents with a with a with an easy push button thing. When something more efficient came out. Like typewriters didn't go away. You can still buy a typewriter. But yeah. the more efficient uh, uh, form of fighting form of body control form of striking is going to prevail you know and and so yeah i do think that i don't think catch wrestling is is while i think i do agree with you that it's niche i don't think it's going to go away because it really just combines bjj and wrestling you know it's 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 wonderful 
Uh, I don't think it'll go away, but if you look for a catch wrestling gym, yeah, that's around you. That's good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's really like a BJJ gym is not hard unless you're in some really nowhere can be you know no man's land area. There ain't that many BJJ gyms in in North Dakota. Like you're in North Dakota, you want to train BJJ? You're you got right. You got a tall task, man. But but I mean, I know somebody, a a a friend of mine who who is a, a wrestler and session wrestler and all kind of things. She does catch wrestling, and it's very, it's very. Me and her have conversations how niche it is, and she's out in like California, L.A., and she finds it. But it's very hard to find that. If it's hard to find yeah. in L in California, then yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Look at boxing. Yeah, I mean Philadelphia. We're we're Philly guys. Yep. Philadelphia is a boxing one of the most famous boxing cities. You know, I look at it, New York and Philly to me. Yeah. For many years, those were the and there was growing up, you, you saw a lot of Philadelphia uh, uh, boxing gyms. Sure, it's a lot harder to find them now. Well, yeah, there's there's it's not impossible, but it's dwindled a lot. It has dwindled a lot. I mean, uh, MMA there's there's there is no shortage. I mean, just in the northeast of Pennsylvania, of Philadelphia, there's like I can think of five different MMA gyms, like right off the top of my head. Exactly, you know, I can't think of five different MMA gyms. Also. Also, you got squads. You got fighters, boxers, pro boxers that don't really have a gym. They kind of just like have their trainers. They do like drills and then they bring in guys to spar. Mm-hmm. Like they have their own gym that they train at like above a fucking auto shop. Like it's mm-hmm. not this big, it's not a big stable of boxers. You know, when you watch the Rocky movies, you know, you got. Guy, you go, you, you know, Rocky goes into the gym and he's got his own locker and there's like, you know, 15 guys jumping, skipping rope, a couple guys doing this. Couple... There are a lot of boxers that get by without that type of gym. I'm not saying that they, they don't exist, but uh, a growing trend, I believe to be a growing trend, is kind of a more hyper-focused boxer with his team of very small crew. And then they bring in right. more people to um, to spar. So do you feel like, so you do kind of see, because I think that too, of amateur wrestling, because it has been, and I think it is here to stay, is like that's the most popular, you know, combat sport to use to get into a career of MMA, to, as, to have as your foundation. Like, and I don't know, does it, do, like, how, how do you feel hearing that? Then like, if that continues to grow and the sport continues to grow, then I'm not saying that these other disciplines of judo and sambo and karate will be erased, but they're going to be, they're going to go away more and be niche. No, I, yeah. So I don't like right now, I wouldn't know where here. I'll show, I'll show you. Let's do a little experiment real quick. So right now you're, you're, I'm coming to you live from silver spring, Maryland. Okay. Right. So right now I'm going to Google search. Let's look, let's look for a judo gym in Silver Spring, Maryland. All right. So there's, let's see. There's only one gym with a judo focus. Let's see. In... How many miles, miles is that away? Like not. Or, let's see. From where I am, uh, bah, bah, bah. 
directions. How far? And then uh, in five miles. Five miles. Okay. There's uh, there's one major. I mean, the close. There, there's also a, a couple of judo gyms in D.C., but I'm I'm outside of D.C. Aside from that, there's a uh, an assortment of martial arts schools. Yeah. All right. But then I think that it's just natural if the sport progresses and it's not a trend that I don't think BJJ will go away. Like we said, amateur wrestling, that's in schools. And so that's not going to go away and it shouldn't. Right. I think that's getting more popular, which is good. Uh, I think Muay Thai is getting more popular, but I don't know. For me, I think it kind of makes it sad. I feel sad when I think of that. Yeah, like, it, it's, I, I yeah. like that, like, you know, watching, you know, it was sucked that, like, you know, judo was maybe only, which I don't know if it's still in the Olympics. Is it still in the Olympics? I don't know. I mean, they're not doing the Olympics, so. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah I got pushed back. I, I think it but, was uh, last four years ago. I think it was. So it's like volley, judo, it's like, you know. How do you find a judo gym? How do you find Krav Maga? I know, you know, female friends of mine who do practice Krav Maga and, we're, and others who are interested in the past few years of doing that. If that becomes like, and and they're in Philadelphia, like they're not in, they're in the city. Yeah. So, so and they could find it. So then like, if that becomes like really, really niche where it's like, it's hard to find that. Yeah. Like, I think it would be sad, like, it would to be. not have that option. Well, here's of, the thing. Here's the thing. Karate and stuff. Here's you know? the thing. So, um, if we're going to base the, the the shrinking of gyms based upon popularity, why are other forms of uh, 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 styles of fighting being more popularized? It's being more popularized because of promotions like the UFC, promotions like Bellator, promotions like one. So, if they see, like, the market will dictate that. So, while yes, it is sad that judo gyms and judo practitioners and Krav Maga practitioners and gyms will dwindle. What we will see is an increase in the number of gyms for wrestling, BJJ, boxing, and Muay Thai. While we won't see Thai, boxing, MMA, uh, 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 wrestling, and BJJ gym specific style gyms increase in locations, we will see an increase in quality teaching at MMA gyms. We will see that. Okay. So I think on the one hand, yes. You know, and also we're going to trim, it's like trimming a lot of fat. You're going to lose the bullshit Jeet Kune Kung Fu Wing Chun gyms. True. Good point. You're going to lose the stuff that doesn't work. Because I and I do like, I mean, I don't think he's done it in a little bit, but Joe Rogan was putting that on Instagram and on his show for a while. Just all a lot of the BS, you know, karate quote. I'm um, you know you can't see yeah, my podcast, quote. but air quote dojos um, that is just ridiculous. Like he was, and th- there are a lot of those. Though they call them what Mc, Mc, the uh, McDojos. Yeah, <laughs> McDojos. Any Aikido gym. Any. You know, Tai Chi gym, any Wing Chun gym, you know, like they don't offer effective fighting techniques. Now, no. now you can go to an Aikido gym and as long as they're putting you in a good workout and you're and you're fighting under like Aikido rules or Taekwondo rules and you enjoy that, then I, I would recommend you continue to do that and support that business. 
But in terms of actual combat sports, Tai Chi ain't doing shit. Wing Chun ain't doing shit. Joe Aikido's not. Aikido ain't doing shit. Steven Seagal is a more successful movie movie star, fake martial arts man than Frank Dukes. Um, I agree. I I get way more angrier. I, I look Frank Dukes. I laugh at. Like when we were talking about yeah. him on the last episode, it was funny. Steven Seagal gets me annoyed and like yeah. pissed off. It's because people believe his shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, so uh, I'm looking up this guy right now. Joe Zhudong. So over in over in China. Uh, let's see. And then we'll do MMA. Fighter. Over in China, there's this fighter who's specific. Oh, Zhu Zhudong. X-U, first name, X-I-A-O-D-O-N. He's okay. a Chinese MMA fighter, and his goal specifically was to call out all the bullshit gyms, all the traditional uh, uh, Chinese and a- a- any traditional art form that wasn't like mixed martial arts, that wasn't something that has been proven to be effective. And he would challenge Kung Fu masters, Wing Chun masters, you know, pressure point masters, and he never lost against those guys like that's the thing and and i'm not trying to take away from like a national sport like wing chung is to to china you know if you like that sport and 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 you want to fight within the confines of those rule sets then do it but on the other hand it needs it's it needs to be crystal clear Right, you know, to 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 state what is being shown, what is being objectively proven to the world, that you're just really getting like an art form. Realistically, kinda. yeah, you know, and aside, like, and not and not a martial art, like just like it's art, it's like dancing. It is, it, it like, is, movement. it is. It's exactly what it is. You know, you know, Tai Chi. You know, like like I respect Tai Chi more than I do fucking anything that George Dillman pushes because Tai Chi, it's kind of like you know, you, you're focused on on fluid slow movement meditative like movements and it does get you in a good mindset you know if you could focus on your breathing then yeah you're getting your your lungs are filling up with more oxygen you know stuff like that bullshit pressure point martial arts you know where you know you got these weird fucking names for like the human anatomy that don't really have any medical purpose like no 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 Wing Chun, sure, you're going to stand close to close and you're only going to slap somebody like with these unpowerful punches really, really close. If that would get you off, dope. But you're going to lose an MMA fight. You're going to lose. Well, it goes, it goes to um, a conversation I know we've had kind of in the past. Um, and I remember I, you know, I, I saw and I told you and you watched it the uh, the I am Bruce Lee that when you know, that was Paramount Television yeah that Spike was good in, mm-hmm. and that hour and a half is a documentary on Bruce Lee and it's it was awesome it's it's on YouTube I still watch it now because it's just great it is great um, it is great Bruce Lee a lot of people call him the grandfather or the father of mixed martial arts because that's kind of a big part of his story you know Wing Chun guy yeah. learned it but then kind of was combining different martial and was about learning effective ways to handle yourself in the street, he, to take care of an opponent. He was 
searching for MMA. He was searching yes. for it. He wanted to be like is one of his most popular sayings is like be like water, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what MMA is. Do what is most effective. What will yield the most positive now, results? Let me ask you, handsome apple pie Mike Prash, yes. because Bruce Lee, you know, obviously died 20 years, actually exactly 20 years, not to the day, but 73, he died, 93. So 20 years before the UFC one premiered and, you know, happened. But Bruce Lee throughout his time into the 60s and 70s, didn't, you know, you saw Chuck Norris and Joe Lewis and all these other guys doing point karate and competing. And Bruce Lee scoffed at that and said, sport, you know, there's rules and fighting, there's no rules. Right. And so there's always a question of would Bruce Lee enjoy the UFC? I do think I, I don't know where you I'll say this. I think, yes, but his philosophy was no rules. And obviously UFC, we see one even has a couple of rules. And as we have progressed, there's a lot more so, rules and regulations. I think, I think, yeah. So, I mean, if in terms I got to believe, I, I want to believe that Bruce Lee was a somewhat reasonable person. Um, and, and, and I think it's, I think it's reasonable to expect a promotion because that's what UFC one was all about. It was all about like no rules. All right. So we're not going to bite and we're not going to eye poke. I don't think anything Bruce Lee wanted to do involved eye pokes and biting. Right. It was a variety mm-hmm. of strikes in any way that you can strike somebody. Kicks, punches, you know, anything, right? So, because he was also coming from a place where you couldn't, like, Wing Chun, you can't throw kicks. And certain karate styles, you couldn't throw certain types of strikes. You couldn't do spinning shit or, you know, whatever. It was really hyper-focused on certain ways you can strike. The UFC was like, Fine, as long as you don't do, do do these two things, which are generally reviewed as dirty fighting, air quotes, then you can do it. So I think that he would have jumped. I think he would have really enjoyed UFC one. Uh, but as he saw how the politics played into it, in order to keep as realistic live real fighting going, you had to institute a, an assortment of rules, which today. Only because I've been watching it for so long, I've, I've got to memorize. But if you're coming into it, learning all those rules can be a little bit of a daunting task. But there's a reason for it. I think that he would not like where it, where it got to. I believe he would understand why it had to get, be that way. But I think he would have loved the opportunity to watch uh, or be a part of, in some way, the first UFC 20 years ago. Yeah. I think that's a great point. I think, and, and I think he wouldn't have liked the way, even though obviously he was an an actor and he was an entertainer and a stuntman. I think to me, I don't think Bruce Lee would have looked at a John Jones and said, "Well, you're not you're not in the street. I don't respect you." Or even the you know, GSP, a BJ Penn, whoever. You know, you're not in the streets. Like I don't think your ability, which is kind of what he was kind of saying about other great fighters, even of that era back then. Yeah. And I can you see know, it to from an his extent. perspective. I, I just, I just think that of all the, comments, I think he's wrong. I think he what? I think he was wrong about those fights. I think his philosophy is kind of right, you know, to an extent that it is. Like we've kind of said it, you know, we talk. It is different. There is a difference 
of fighting in the street than even fighting in a boxing ring. Like there is a difference. Well, there's there's, yeah, there's, there's no rules. Fighting in the street, fighting in a U and in, in an MMA fight. You know, right? But, when, but yeah, continue. His, his philosophy, looking at like a Chuck Norris, a Bob Wall. Those Joe Lewis, uh, not the boxer Joe Lewis, but J O you know L E W I X for those who don't know. Stud. Yeah, great. Like his thing was that that's it doesn't help. It's not that's not really a good sign of how great of a fighter you are. And I disagree with that. Like, because I you know, I remember hearing Bob Wall talk about that. He's like, You you're not just sparring against that guy in your gym. It is in front of people. It is, you know. Hey, you don't know what this guy, especially back in the seventies, you don't have film on this guy and what he's doing. Oh yeah, you're like you don't know. Totally blind. Yeah, of course. Right. So like, I don't think it's the end all be all. Like, oh, if you're a point competitor now, you're the baddest dude on the streets necessarily. But I don't think it's not effective right. or helpful. You're, you know, it's, it really, it really, this, 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 like, this discussion is really just a, a back and forth over over rule sets. You know, yeah. Um, and if you want no rule sets, then yeah, fight on the streets. But if you're trying to get as close to an actual full scale unarmed combat bout, modern MMA, well, MMA is the answer. All right. Yeah. And because of the politics of governing and, uh, you know, the government in and of itself. The rules had to be instituted in order for it to proceed in a fruitful and profitable manner. So we are dealing with rules. And, like, some rules are freaking stupid. The 12 to 6 elbow rule, it's nonsense. It's utter nonsense. There's no realistic way why that should be in effect. Either have elbows or don't have elbows. It's a rule now that will always stand because it's going to cost too much money and it's going to be too long and arduous of a process to change than to just keep it. Well, real quick, just for those who might be listening and don't know, explain the 12 to 6. I know what you mean, sure. but just so for those, explain the 12 to 6 elbow All right, rule. so according to the um, Unified Rules of Mixed Martial Arts, which are originally, which is, which is a confusing term because they're not unified, uh, right. They came out in, in New Jersey, which was one of the first states to offer uh, uh, an actual commission. I believe it was New Jersey, California, Nevada, um, and then a bunch of other states. So anyway, it's a, 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 one of the rules was a 12 to 6 uh, elbow would be deemed illegal. So a 12 to 6 elbow, as it was described to me from Bill Bookwalter, uh, uh, wonderful MMA referee is if there is a clock on the wall, 12 is at 12 o'clock and six is directly 180 degrees down beneath 12. You cannot throw an elbow from the very top to the very bottom like a hammer. You cannot do that. Your elbow has to have an angle of some sorts. So where have we seen 12 to 6 elbows come into play in modern MMA? John Jones lost Matt Hamill because he was throwing 12 to 6 elbows. He was literally raising his fist up and then dropping an elbow straight down on Matt Hamill. Uh, Eddie Alvarez fought Dustin Poirier for the second time, had Dustin Poirier up against the cage and was 
trying to throw elbows and was so close to the cage that he could only throw with any meaningful um, power a 12 to 6 elbow. So they caught that and they recentered them into the cage. So it's such a rarely used rule. And not only that, a 12 to 6 elbow is going to do just as much damage as an elbow thrown from like a Muay Thai position or a sweeping position. It's a dumb rule. But that was put into place to appease the people regulating right. sport. Right. And I, and I think, you know, to kind of like connect it, you hear stories of people who were, you know, black belts in Taekwondo or karate and when being in, in, in were tough in those in their gyms, yep. right? Like they, they, they weren't given the black belt, like just hand it to they, they, they were a black belt in those martial arts. But when it came to when a real fight broke out in the streets would freeze. Sure. And I don't believe what I will say the progression is. And I've had debates with guys, you know, an old coworker who is older. He's a karate black belt and, and he's a martial art, mixed martial arts fan, but older, you know. Sure. And he would kind of say like, well, you know, there's rules in UFC still. So there's no, especially when you get to that level, a distant, you're not going to hear of a UFC fighter who, when it comes to a hand-to-hand fight, is freezing. I really doubt that. Now, if it's 10 versus 1 or someone pulls a weapon, I'm not saying that. Oh, like in a street but fight? If, like, yes. Oh, no. Yeah, no, 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 no. Where you did, though, I'm sure you heard people in karate. I know, I know people who were black belts in karate or black belt in taekwondo, and I saw them freeze in those kind of spots and were shaky and nervous yeah. and didn't you know what i'm saying not not making fun of them no, or no. these people but i mean aside from the fact that like you know with a ufc fight you're training for a fight you know the fight day you know the time pretty much you know you're gonna fight at a within a an eight hour span you know you're gonna you know you're gonna fight but like in the wild you know if you're not ready for it and you're not prepared you know that's a totally different mind game but like i think i think yeah i think you know because it also in a lot of these in a lot of these sports you still have to wear headgear and you still have to wear pads. You know what I mean? Like in Taekwondo, you gotta like wear like like headgear. Mm-hmm. And that, that creates a false sense of security. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like to your point of the, the sport is evolving and maybe some of these McDojos and karate schools are going and other Taekwondo schools are might be fading as the sport grows, but you're not going to have that, which can be a problem. You know, if you, you know, that would suck if you go to, you know, karate you know, or you send your child to karate and then like they get in that situation and then they don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. That's a hundred percent, a hundred percent true. But I mean, that's just the way of the, it's the way the world works. You know I mean? Like I bring it back to the typewriter uh, uh, analogy. You know, there were people who made their, who made their livelihoods on, on building, selling and repairing typewriters. Yeah, and then but it the, progresses. Yeah, but then the computer came along. Totally different. Yeah, totally, totally different. And, and, you know, but it's right. a thing that will happen. You know, I mean, I think people, it's a good thing. The amount of people I think it's that, a good that thing. keep horse stables drop significantly because of the automobile. Right. All those people. Then there were there were there was a, a group of people in that time in the 1900s when they were getting into an industry that was dying. The moment that first Model T rolled off the assembly plant line, that industry was shrinking. The moment that the first 
personal computer hit the market, the typewriter industry was a dying market. The, the moment that, uh, you know, Matt Hughes destroyed Hoist Gracie by using a combination of striking and American wrestling. He said it was American wrestling that beat him. The, that was like the moment and like the moment that like Taekwondo practitioners became ineffective in, 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 in major MMA. Those gyms are going to go away. Like, is it sad? Sure. You know, it's sad that people who really like Taekwondo, who like that specific style of fighting or with Wing Chun or with Aikido or anything like that. Yes, it is sad. I feel for those people. But then again, you know, what is most effective? If, 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 if you want Taekwondo to be more effective, make it more effective. Figure yeah. out a way. Be innovative. You know what I'm saying? If you don't want something to, to, to die off, then you, then you yeah. have to either make it so your, your spot is more effective or get innovative. Yeah, that's, the, that's a quote. I don't know who said it, but we always see it. You know, um, innovation or, or die. Yeah, evolve or die. Um, that's the way it works. And that's true. And and I think for me, um, like you mentioned a couple, that was probably a couple years ago, that two years ago, we went to that Sambo tournament and that was fun yeah. to see. And I think Sambo is a really effective, can be an effective martial art. Well, that one was kind of know? watered down because the athletic director wouldn't issue a combat Sambo license to yeah. uh, Eric Purcell, who actually got it into, uh, Sambo got into the Olympics. He, yeah. he, uh, Eric Purcell, he runs, uh, he's an, uh, an owner and, uh, head trainer at NPR MMA up in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. Solid guy, utterly hilarious, very professional, uh, put on this Sambo tournament international. Like we saw people from mostly people from Russia, uh, but mm-hmm. Russia, Ukraine, Kyrgyzstan, Dagestan, uh, and they were solid uh sambo fighters man going in there it's a combination of 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 judo bjj and 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 kickboxing although this particular format didn't allow for striking yeah and it was fun it was, um, it was like what like eight bucks too right just yeah i believe so just something and a, and a very good crowd for you know Langhorne, pennsylvania i was thinking honestly when you told me that i'm like probably you know five people in the crowd i'm like who knows sambo <laughs> yeah. in this area and then it was a good crowd. It was a, it was an awesome time. I was really grateful. Still am. Thank you. Like then and now that you 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 know invited me to that because it was awesome. Because it's a sport I you know know, but only thing I was on TV or YouTube. That's the closest I would get to specifically just sambo. Yeah. It, it, you know, have I been to martial arts where like oh, there's a guy who he's a sambo practitioner? Yeah, I've done that. But like to have like it's just a sambo tournament. It was really a great experience. It really it really is. And you know, I mean, once. Once I can come back up and, you know, I move back to the Philly area. Um, and obviously once, you know, pandemic stuff dies down. Right. You know, I want to start attending way more of things like that. You know, I want to start attending, you know, maybe high school or, or some collegiate wrestling tournaments around BJJ tournaments. Just go and watch, you know, really support, you know, that small community. Uh, because initially I wanted to so go to like every single local boxing and MMA fight. But that shit ain't cheap, man. It's like $50, no, it's $55 not. general admission. 
Um, and my pocket ain't that deep, so nope, I, nope. Yeah. We're average Joes. We're average Joes. We are. And so it's um, and and not only that, of course, you're gonna want to grab a slice of pizza. You're gonna want to grab a beer mm-hmm. or a soda. You know what I mean? So you're spending, you're gonna spend seventy five to a hundred bucks. Whereas if you go to, you know, maybe a BJJ tournament or a Sambo tournament, you're gonna spend eight to twenty bucks. You're gonna sit in a gym and you're gonna watch some really good athletic, athletic like people apply their trade in in combat sports you know i mean it's wonderful now there's also another thing that i think will also probably i i haven't done any research on this but i wonder you know maybe we could talk about on a future episode where you know because this i'm having a great time doing this i want to make this even you know pandemic and beyond (laughs) i want to you know keep talking you know mma and, and ufc and martial arts and combat sports but you were one of the first people for me to you you know pointed it out in a way I had noticed it with um, Gina for me it was Gina Carano and Haywire yes and I remember being I'm a big Gina Carano fan I you know I remember her on American the remake of American Gladiators that's where I first saw her and then I was someone watching those CBS fights when. You know, she's she was Ronda Rousey she was. before Ronda Rousey. People kind of forget. That. I think it's coming back more with her being on the Mandalorian, but people really forgot that she was the first really she was. female. She was the first face of, of MMA. Yeah, I believe it was her for and women. Misha Tate fought on the first uh, women's car women's fight that was on cable television. So you know, it was it was a, so Gina Carano and Haywire the movie. Using legit real MMA martial arts moves and like legit real fighting moves that you would see in a real fight. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of movies in the past, even though maybe they ooh we ah, it's not realistic Correct. fighting. You know, uh, you can look at we talk about those McDojos. What the UFC kind of helped bring back to me was kind of start erasing. As much as I love this movie, erasing what the Karate Kid did, which was bring in these fake gyms and. You know, sure. um, I love the movie. I love the story, Absolutely. but that's not that's not real. No, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and that is one of the downsides of you know being as 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 hyperactive, um, watching and trying to participate in the fight business as much as I I, I try to do. Um, it does. It has taken away my ability to have you know cognitive dissonance when I'm watching a a, a movie or a TV show that has fighting in it. Um, you know, it, it, it really ruins, it really ruins whatever I'm watching when I see a fight and some guys, some guy is, 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 is applying a rear naked choke and he lets it go because the guy who's choking is elbowing him in the ribs. You know, that move mm-hmm, First mm-hmm. Off, garbage for all the goddamn fight chore- choreographers that are listening to this. Stop that. Just don't do that anymore. No, but you're right. But I, 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 I was saying from from for me, Haywire, and then I say John Wick. Even the Marvel movies, yeah. some of them have started really trans. You know, I remember watching like Captain America: Winter Soldier and seeing like Black Widow in certain moves, starting to use some legit more like well, okay, lethal moves weapon. In, and one of the lethal weapons four? Uh, was lethal weapon four. Oh no! Which one? The Mel Gibson. Yeah, Mel fight? Gibson put put my man in a triangle choke, and Danny Glover uh, saying, "Break his neck." They 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 had a Gracie on set. Yes, that was the first lethal weapon. He's fighting uh, Gary Busey. Yes, 
Mel Gibson's fighting Gary Vee as Lethal Weapon 1. That came out in 87. And you're right. Yeah, I, I forget which Gracie, but uh, uh, Gracie was, Gracie was on consulted. set. Uh, on, on yeah, set, yeah, and like that's what I want to see. Well, because it's great like, point too. Uh, yeah, that's probably the first yeah movie that I yeah because that fight scene was very realistic. Sure. At the so movie. it's like yeah, and it's it's it doesn't like you can have really creative, really fun, but also like somewhat more realistic fighting scenes than any fight scene in freaking Roadhouse. I love Roadhouse. Pain don't hurt. Love that shit. All the fight scenes are garbage. All of them. They're all but, um, garbage. You're right. You're right. Uh, that, uh, you know, totally. Bloodsport, a lot of the Van Damme movies, yeah. you know, garbage. However, however but in Bloodsport. We're getting the. In Bloodsport. Oh, go ahead. In go Bloodsport, ahead. they did have a guy that was like Muay Thai focused. And, yes. And they did a pretty good job of, of, of um, you know, portraying that. But other than that, all the other, all the I, other shows. I think, I think Bloodsport, if we're going to, and I'll, I'll get to the. But just real quick, Bloodsport was good for that. It showed a different, you know, and those fighting clips of the Kumite when they're showing like people losing and moving on. It gave you, you saw people of different fighting styles, like not really fighting, but like getting warmed up, showing that fighting style. Yep. It introduced fighting styles to a lot of people, you know, uh, you know, Capa, you know, Brazilian like Capoeira and all that stuff. People hadn't seen yeah, that. Yeah, people didn't see Capoeira. Yeah. So like that, that I'll give Bloodsport, but then like we had the the Van Damme, you know, being a blind Frank Dukes, uh, that part. No, but like we talked about um, from some Marvel movie Daredevil, the Netflix show Daredevil yeah. had a lot of good scenes like that. Um, like you said, John Wick, those movies have. Do you think that can help really boost the uh, popularity when we're now our entertainment is really using? Like, or do you think that won't have an effect? Like, um, if, you know, I don't think so because, like, you know, unless John Wick's rocking a, you know, uh, you know, Gracie Baja T-shirt, you know, affiliated gym shirt, or you see that he's like working, like training in a dojo with like the gym insignia. I mean, it can't hurt, but I, I don't. I would be shocked if it did. You know. Okay. Cause you know, like, I wanted to, like, I want, like, I like Karate Kid had a big impact for a long time. Oh yeah, be- for better or for worse, a lot, really for worse in reality. I, I love that movie. Sure. And there was movies, but it had an impact where there's a lot of karate gyms opening up, and they were around. You know, I, you probably too growing oh, up. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of I definitely joined a karate gym, and I and I went there. And for that like, was that's the karate kid yeah, effect. Yeah, and I went there for like two two months, and I and I like wasn't effective. You know, it, like they had me do like these like like I didn't spar. I thought I was gonna go. No, it was, was going to spar, and I was gonna be like I was gonna do drills. Like yo, you're gonna do this jab. You're gonna do this type of kick. Give me a hundred jabs and then give me a hundred kicks. No, they had me like my first day there, and they had me. I was like seven, like I was young, and I was in a room with like like thirteen and fourteen year olds, and we were doing like these like moves where we would like punch air, like together, like not at each other, yeah, but in unison, like in rhythm. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. do series of kicks and rhythms. I think they call it a kata, where you're doing. Yes, it is. A, it's a kata. Kata is utter nonsense. Utter nonsense. It is. 
so I, I saw no purpose in it. I never went back. You know what I mean? I went there for like yeah, a month. Yeah, um, because like the point that the to me nowadays, no, no offense to anyone who that's you know grew up with karate. I'm not trying to insult it, right. but what the kata does or what the karate kid tries to teach you, which is that classic thing to me in anything, repetition, repetition, repetition. That is absolutely important. Sure, but first is being taught right. You know. You know, be taught something that's effective, you know, and then you repeat it to me. Like, I think repetition and practice makes perfect, all that stuff. Yeah, I think there is logic to that. And that's the only thing to me. Like, you watch a karate kid or the kata, it's like, yes, you, you know, you, you do, you do like the horse stance so many times, it becomes, you know, body, like, you know, body memory or uh, muscle memory. Yep. You just kind of know it. Like, that is true. Like, and I do see that, but. Make it with something that is effective. Like right. and don't you know, make it like, like a thing like, like, like you're not going to earn like your stripes because of the style of your bag work in Muay Thai. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like, like it, it seems like the cut. Like, a, so, like you, you need to practice your jabs. You need to practice. You know your like your 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 kicks, all the assortment of kicks, your your teeth kick, your 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 roundhouse kick, all that stuff. Yeah, but like, if, but if you're not literally hitting like like I just don't see. But that's where I kind of wonder if if I might kind of maybe agree but disagree depending on how we go with like entertainment if we start making it more realistic that it could have a boom because for how long was the people think by breaking a board? I mean, that's still a myth. I think today to an extent, people think breaking a board in half means you're tough. Yeah. And like, they, and Bruce Lee has the line. He's like, boards don't hit right. back. Like it means, nothing. it means nothing. But growing up, how many times was that shown on TV or people? Whoa, he has the board on some cinder block and he cracks it in half. He makes the noise, y'all, and then everyone's like, "Whoa!" Yeah, it's and it's theatric. a big deal. It's what it is, right? But people believe that they for do so because long, people though. are stupid. You know, we got people yeah, drinking but, bleach. You know, he, but that's what I'm saying. People, where like people are people are dumb. They they they. Uh, I I agree, but I think now if we're seeing, I mean, I can speak for when I saw Daredevil, and you and I had talked about it. The articles and Daredevil wasn't huge, but people do miss it. But the amount of people talking about they love the realistic fight scenes yeah. in it was huge. It was popular. So here's, a for a little bit. here's a question. Sure. So, so let's take um, a, a, a broad combat sport term karate. Mm-hmm. Point karate. Let's, right. let's say they took away most of the rules. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Let's say they took away a lot of the restrictions. I'm not saying add grappling. I'm not saying, you know, you know, add, uh, you know, t- takedowns or something like that. But like you take some of those some of those sports that are highly highly restrictive with how they can how they're they're played out, and you take away some of those restrictions. Like, could karate be a more effective sport? Is are those sports, are Wing Chun, are Karate, are Aikido, are they shooting themselves in the foot because they're self-restriction on the way that those martial arts are practiced? You know, are we yes. sitting on yes. possible really ingenuity and inventiveness 
in combat sports because those specific styles are so restrictive in their rule sets. Yes, and I say for sure because if you look at it, um, a lot of moves uh, – I'll use grap- like grappling. A lot of moves, uh, you know, I remember when I was going there, you see like an arm bar, like an arm bar, a version, maybe a little hit. It, you see that in Japanese jiu-jitsu. You see it in catch wrestling. You see it in judo. Like a lot of these moves, you, Sambo had, like they, they can – They transcend. They can, right. So to me, if a keto, say, you, you do a wrist lock and it can transform into something else – and that's not pure keto. Yeah, but you, you know, you use that and you got to there. It still can be like, hey, we're doing, you know, combat keto, but you're adding a little something in there. Who cares? Like you're adding another arsenal in there sure. too. Like if you say hypothetical, right? I know it's not. You, you do like a, a keto wrist lock and you can turn that into an arm bar. Well, that arm bar is not a part of. Who gives a shit? Right. Like it's let that be in there. And I would still be like, that's a keto. You know, I wouldn't be like, no, nah, we got to call a new name and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Because no one doing a BJJ is like, we can't, you know, this is really a, technically a catch wrestling move. Right. Or technically it's a judo. No, this, you're still in a BJJ gym. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're still learning BJJ. So I think for sure, like, it, it needs to have that. Like, it does. It's, like, it's, it's, like, if you had some elements of Muay Thai or even a Western boxing add it into uh, some karate. Yeah. Like, I would still call it karate. You know, you still have the foundations in there to an extent, but I, w- I wouldn't be like, now nah, we got to make a new name or we can't call it. Th-. I would still say it's karate. Sure. You know, because it's like, because uh, like realistically, like some of the most wild kicks in all of combat sports come from Taekwondo. Right. Absolutely. Imagine- Imagine the like. I just I just think that like the 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 creativity with how kicks are thrown in Taekwondo can be such a useful tool in MMA. The problem is when you compete because I've been to Taekwondo tournaments. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely they're silly. They're silly. Grown men. Bouncing on their toes side to side, and trying to just catch some of their their loose fitting geese with like random, wacky whipped out kicks that aren't have, that don't have any oomph on them. Right? Is it's garbage. But I've seen like people train taekwondo, and it's like wow, like certain kicks can be really really powerful, and they're being thrown from different angles and shit that you don't see everywhere else. Right, like fucking put that shit out there, man. And if you just add in there, how if you're in Taekwondo, maybe to even you don't have to necessarily learn, you know, BJJ or but learn some. Hey, uh, take down defense and add that, you know, because that's what I've seen so many times. A Taekwondo when you fight someone from a different martial art, and then that you know they they go by your kicks, and then they just freeze up. They don't know what the hell to yep. do. And I'm like, Ugh. like, you know, who knows if they had a little bit of something else in the arsenal? Still Taekwondo, maybe you know they're 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 great kickers and they have the the length. They're long. You know, I've seen some tall, lanky people. Like they have it where like, yeah, you could be a problem if you knew how to like watch out and like defend some stuff. Like with those kicks, like you could do some damage, but you don't know how to do that. So then, when someone has a little bit of knowledge here, can just all right get by that kick. 
you're you're in trouble. You're done. It's uh, I don't know. I just think I want you to really reevaluate. I think the effect of pop culture and you know all this stuff, if we make it right and start going on that trend, can have. I mean, look at like Tekken. How many people knew um, growing up? They knew Capoeira because of Eddie Gordo. Yeah. Well, first off, Tekken is my favorite fighting game of all time. Same. Fe- Same. Than- Te- Tekken's yeah. yeah. Better than Street Fighter. Better than Marvel vs. Capcom. For sure. One hundred percent. It's the best. It's my favorite fighting game. Tekken is the only video game now that I will I will go come out of retirement and like play like anytime. Like if anyone says we're having a Tekken tournament. I'm in it, like, and, and I have to, like, now I have, like, not even, like, Madden or NBA 2K, like, Tekken. Tekken's the ultimate for yep. me, so I agree. But, like, people knew what that was, and so many people saw that. You're right, it can uh, be inspiring, game. you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, and it can be. Eddie Gordo. Sure, you know, it, it's okay so I, I, I just think, why not make it more, um, if we start going down that path that was started by Lethal Weapon 1 and then we see Gina Carano in her movies and some of the Marvel movies are starting to get there a little bit in some of the shows, depending on the characters and some of these bigger, you know, John Wicks, like if that can really kind of uh, make a boost to martial arts in general. I, you know, I think it that. can. You know, movies like War- Warrior was great with uh, Tom, Tom Hardy and Joel, uh, Joel Egerton. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, film in Pittsburgh. It's a it's a wonderful adaptation of 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 of, of MMA. Um, you know, movies like that. It didn't get you know as much as much pop as you know any other you know any other film. But I think you're right. I think if it's done right, the the, the issue is is that you and I are not in you know any any studio creativity squad, right? Uh, and people. As much as we submerge ourselves in combat sports, we're really a small, small, small community. All yeah. said and done, even the bullshit martial arts like Aikido and, and Tai Chi and shit like that, uh, we're all really, really small. And the layman, the, the Joe Blow is like, oh, I know that's a thing, you know. You know, uh, uh, Randy Randy Ortiz fought for the you know you know does the trains UFC right like that's the the type of shit that they know mm-hmm. of. Uh, so I'm all for anything that will grow an MMA community. Uh, I don't care if it's goofy. I don't care if it's you know super serious. I don't care if it's funny or laid back. But anything to, to yeah. increase the knowledge. Of that, but well, not at the expense be, of of promoting fools like George Dill, uh, Tillman. And, and no, and, no, I think I think there is a parallel to it, right? Like, um, people right now, their only sense of MMA is the UFC, sure. and that's not even a lot of people who don't. They're just only going to watch Conor McGregor, or they're going to watch John Jones or Dan Cormier, or when it was Ronda Rousey. They're not going to watch every UFC every month if there's not that sexy Correct. name in it either. Like the ones who are going to go to the bar and be there late to see the main event and all that stuff. If you get some, for us, they're really good fighters and, oh, it's a good match, but there's no sexy name in it, they're not going to stay. But to me, it's like with wrestling, a lot of people, most people 
think that wrestling really ends and starts with Vince McMahon and WWE when it's been going on. There was territories before. They don't know the history, but because like now it's gotten, you know, Vince rules the world. He knocked off WCW. They just know WWE and don't know like the real intricacies and the real how hard it is and the other oh, this guy wrestled here, and there's, there's, you know, independent circuits and all yeah. this stuff. And I think um, that's what I don't want mixed martial arts to be, where UFC is WWE. It's, in a way, in a sense, you know? Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I would rather, I would rather the, uh, you know, UFC and Bellator be, like, the AFC and the NFC. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather. Yeah. Um, but the problem, also the problem with, uh with that is that like it's it's real well not like any other sport it's not like regionally based you know what i'm saying like like mm-hmm. they don't have it's not team sports i mean the ifl proved that that attempt at making a mma a team sport failed um but the problem is is that you fighters change gyms too frequently you know jackson wink now abq man what had the had a had the highest of highs like 10, 10 years ago and now it's the lowest of the lows man i mean uh diego sanchez is talking shit on him donald Cerrone is talking shit on him people have up and left it's really just like john jones and uh holly holm and like one of the like big name that i could think of but like you know alexander uh, alistair overing trained there uh andre Arlovsky trained there uh, Leonard Garcia trained out of there, and they all like up and left, uh, which goes to show that you, you can't have MMA be regional. There's just too much fluidity with gyms, and too much, you know what I'm saying. So it's it's really really tough. But I would love it if, like, there it could be more like the Big Four, like an actual league. And I think Professional Fighters League is doing a really good job of doing that. You know, they they have planned fights. You know, they have a season, they have an off season, you know that you're you're being paid per season and it's yeah. gone over an assortment amount of fights, which is good, because you can you can you can plan on that. You plan your bills, your gym, you know, whatever you need. And uh, they they're actually paying most of their fighters a stipend, professional fighters league during the pandemic. Well, what I think um uh what could help is Right now, you see, I mentioned WWE, and yes, there's some negatives to them being the only dog in town. Now, there's some leagues who are trying to come up, like AEW, but what I will say is the WWE network has been huge in their programming and their act, like to re, you know, wrestlers have a second life with a new generation. You know, people, guys who we watch now, like 10 year olds know. Hulk Hogan in the NWO and in a rewatching Stone Cold, they're getting second life and they're watching, you know, wrestlers from the eighties, you know, and, and wow, this and that, and like, because of how they're programming and airing stuff and making original stuff and, and getting things out and podcasts. We talk about that has been popular with people telling the old stories yeah. and doing that. And I think to me, I wish, and maybe he's trying Dana White to, he did this deal with ESPN but you know, making their like a UFC network that has original programming, fight, where you're that having is the UFC Fight Pass. Fight Pass has original programming. 
but better, I guess. More entertain. Like if I show you the network where you have like you know, there's a Legends of the Round Table where they have different like either topics or about wrestlers, and it's like four like legendary people who are in the business talking about that topic. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, documentaries and stuff and promoting the old fights and being you know different shows of like what whatever happened to and it could be like you know Mark Kerr. Or some ever, some old Don Fry, remember that, this guy? Yeah, so, and doing shows yeah, like the, that and podcasts. Yeah, the, uh, the UFC fight cast for me really dropped the ball. They made it cumbersome to navigate. Um, the original content was also only like four minutes. Like they did a "Where Are They Now?" with like a variety of like tough one competitors and stuff like that, but they were like only like ten minutes. You know, eight to twelve nah, minutes. Yeah, it, and it was like. Come on, like they did. Uh, they did a good one on um, Tim Sylvia, but it was really, really short, and it changed consistently in terms of how it looked and navigation and uh, being able to search for fights and and fight cards and stuff. You know, UFC Fight Pass on its premise was amazing, and I would still have it today if they didn't fuck it up. But if that's like, if I say I could, like, you know, show it to you, or if I go on WWE Network. I want to watch any paper, a pay per view from 1996. It's just you click on, every, you know, pay per views, and then you just go. They have years. We're in 2020. They can go down night 2019, 20. Yeah, I can score so, so organized. And then I can go to any month. You know, there's a pay per view every month. Just like there's a UFC every month, mm-hmm. and I could just click on it and boop. I can even skip to if I want to go right to this fight or match for WWE, or I can want to watch the whole thing. I can do that, and then boom. All the ones in wrestling in WWE history, they're just that easy to get. And the original programming also makes you it's inventive. It makes you they have stuff where like especially in wrestling now, their YouTube page, but also on the network where there's like guys who love games and gamers and stuff like that. And you I've grown to really like them, even if I think the wrestling they're as characters are corny. (laughs) But when I watch them play like different video games that I'm like, and they're competing with teams, you, you, they, that makes them relatable and you like them more. And I think why you can do that with UFC. If oh, you, know, you, you showed uh, UFC fighting games, you know what I'm saying? But like, if you showed, Hey, something fun now, like, um, like we talk about Tekken and they, you know, say there's a lot of, a lot of guys who like video games and, and you have like, all right, like, Hey, round Robin, a Tekken thing of like, you know, McGregor and Cerrone and this guy versus that team, but they're having a good sure, time. Yeah, it's light that hard. makes them like, it's likable. There's likability and that brings people into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can still have legit fights and promote it and they might be shit talking and trash talking, but it also shows a different side to them. And that's the creative program. I think that would help it. You know Absolutely. what I mean? You're, you're hundred percent correct. You know, the UFC is definitely dropping the ball on 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 their 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 platform you know what i'm saying especially during this pandemic right especially during the pandemic i mean you look at it what what was was that the tuesday night the contender show when like their idea of it was having uriah faber who i love i think is really cool and i like listening to him and then they had like snoop Dogg. yeah they had comment yeah so they had so the way that they did it was they that you had the option to watch two versions of it you could watch like legitimate announcers call the fight, or you can have Snoop Dogg and uh, Uriah Faber, who were like getting high and drunk, 
uh, 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 commentate. Um, but here's the thing. And the thing the is, best M- go ahead. the best MMA promotion ever is Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. It's the best. It's the right. best. It's not even close. And that's really good because that, that, that is the, the contender show that used to be on. I like that. But to me, having Uriah Faber or whoever, uh, whatever UFC star and Snoop yeah. Dogg, that's not bad to get Snoop in yeah. it. But do something creative and fun with it where you just have uh, any fighter – just be chilling, talking with Snoop about, hey, love, he's a fan of his hip-hop. Or just BSing about whatever they want to Especially talk about. Uriah, Uriah and Snoop Dogg, because they, they both, they're both Cali, Cali dudes, you know? Yeah. Rather than, I, I don't, I'm going to have Snoop Dogg talking about the Tuesday Night Contender Series. Like, that's a waste to me. Like, if he's out to do something dope, yeah. but use it wisely. Like, the, you know, WWE, I'm not here to hype, you know, gas them up, but I think if you're trying, Dana White's trying to be Vince McMahon, you can do it in a cooler way. You know, um, so many pro wrestler guys because of the Brock effect and then now Ronda Rousey and then CM Punk had tried it are at these events. Oh, yeah. Why not get them to come on, make it a partnership, get them to come on UFC Fight Pass and do a show and talk about stuff. Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the coolest things I remember seeing on YouTube was Goldberg, you know, going to when Kimba Slice was Kimba Slice was getting ready for a fight. Oh, yeah. Goldberg went to you saw that yeah. video before? And Goldberg like did like some training with him and stuff. But it was fascinating to see him do that. Like do stuff like that, UFC. Like that would be I would watch and you would get not just the mic or myself. You're getting the casual fan wanting to watch UFC. Because you can relate to these guys. So then when they have a big pay-per-view fight, yeah, they want to go, I like him or I like her. I'll go pay 80 bucks for that. Or I'll go to Miller's or my local bar and stay. Yeah, I'll stay and watch them because I like them. I'll tell you what, kind of like, uh, you know, bringing up a different It sucks being a combat sports fan on the East Coast. It's terrible, man. Terrible, man. I mean... Like, you can be in California, watch an MMA fight, go outside, and it's like 10 o'clock. Yeah. Whereas we do it, we watch an MMA fight, we go outside, it's like 1 in the morning. And and the thing is, it makes you, for East Coaster, really, you have to buy the pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, you know, I... Because going to a Buffalo Wild Wings... It gets crowded. It's rare that you go to see these fights out in public and you're at a spot where I'm like, you're like, oh, we can go the fight before the main event and we'll be able to sit down and, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So you got to go if it's, you know, six o'clock, you know, get food, drinks and hold that spot. Yes. Yes. It's rough. It really is. You know, and it's like where look at the network every 10. I pay 10 bucks a month. I get all that original programming. I get all the history I want. And every pay-per-view is on the network. And I pay 10 bucks. I would pay 15 bucks a month for the UFC fight pass. If all the uh, if all their live stuff was on there. Right. You know what I'm saying? So here's here's how expensive it is to be an MMA fan. Let's say we're not in a pandemic. Everything's running full steam ahead. You got to have a Dazzin subscription. 
that was, I believe, 12 bucks a month. You got to have an ESPN Plus subscription. That's $5 a month. You got to have mm-hmm. the um, UFC Fight Pass. Uh, that is like $110 a year. Back when I did it, you could only pay per year. You could not pay per month. Then you got to have basic cable so you can watch Bellator. Uh, And you got to have internet so you can stream 1FC. So it's, Mm. and you got to pay for the UFC pay per views, which are still like 60 bucks, $69 a month. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll spend uh, like three right. grand a year just watching fights. Not only that, I'm I'm because you're totally right. I'm on here, right? Like on ESPN Plus, yeah. it, it's not it it's it doesn't do a great job of hyping up the UFC as a separate thing. I'll be no, honest, it it's mixed in there, right? With thirty for thirties, right? With the NFL stuff that they want to see. Right with the other thing, like it doesn't stick out right with Peyton Manning's show. Like it, it does it's it's and then you just get uh binge pass UFC PS uh pay per views or uh watch you know, you get like mixed in with like tennis stuff, the best of Serena, the best of foot Vidal, and then like you get the best of boxing. And then at the end you get like Browse by shows. It, it doesn't to me. ESPN Plus should have a whole thing set up for. Okay, you go on ESPN Plus, and then you have like you see it says stream. It says articles. To me, it should say UFC. Yeah. Like, and then you click, and then everything on UFC is right Agreed. there. Instead of it's all it's all mixed in. Like, so I can see like I see a, a they say browse by shows. I see a soccer show, a hockey show, a college basketball show, and then. Ariel and the bad guys mixed in like that's if, if people there's people who got UFC ESPN plus just for UFC and now you have it mixed in with every other sport so like yeah it seems like it was half-assed it seems like it was done just so the UFC could be like oh we were on ESPN we're we're legit yeah. like it's like dude you've been around you've been around you've had control over the UFC for what almost 20 years now right Dana White, Dana yeah. White, and the Fertitas bought the UFC when, like, 2001, 2002? Yeah, it's like, oh, 2001, yeah. yeah. Like, bro, yeah, 20 years in this in this shit, you guys are a multi-billion dollar industry now. You're mainstream, like, you're mainstream. Like, put out something that is easy to navigate, that has everything, that has, you know, yeah. that has the, 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 the catalog. You own it. You're not making any money off of it if it's just sitting there not being viewed. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I give Vince McMahon credit for that network. If you don't have the network, and I'm a guy who grew up wrestling, my dad loved it. A lot of my like my uncle loved it. My brother was a fan of it. Like a lot of people, in my family. Without that network, that has I'll be honest, Mike brought me back into liking wrestling for a long, probably by the time I you know hit like high school until about I don't know when I got the network, maybe 2014 or 15. So for a good 10 years, I didn't really care. I would just, if I heard some ruckus, like, on the internet, like, something crazy happened, I would maybe tune in. Or, like, so, something, someone from my past was coming back or made news, I would tune in. But I wasn't going to watch it. I watch it. I don't even watch the weekly stuff, but I watch the network. And they, through that, 
I do know what's going on currently because I see them in different shows and different lights and creative ways that highlight them. And it also highlights the stuff that I grew up liking in the history. So to me, it's like you made that deal with ES- ESPN does not need UFC. No. So and, and to me, this app shows it. Like, yeah. They don't need it. <laughs> they don't need it. And it's mixed in with and I love 30 for 30s, but it's mixed in with that and mixed in. And to me, I think, like you said, UFC is big enough. And to me, take a chance on yourself. And you might even go in the red to start. Create your own network. Partner with WWE or something. And look at that mold. And believe in yourself. And promote it that way. Get these guys to be their faces. Because you see some of them are Conor McGregor's face from Gina Carano, Ronda Rousey. John Jones. People, John Jones. Deep, it has star power. You don't, to me, also, by the way, Mike, I think this way helps it where I feel when Conor McGregor is out doing something or some star is out, Brock Lesnar is not in it or whatever, there is a shortage then of, well, who's that next star? And to me, we having, oh, I'll see what you think, having your own network and having more original programming to show who these guys are in creative ways you become a star. You have a star-making machine. Absolutely. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. I mean, the only the only real difference is, is that, like, you know, the U.S. The, the, the WWE has, like, 50-some-odd, 60 years of accumulated, built-upon writing skills. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, the Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, 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 the UFC isn't written, but it doesn't mean that they can't utilize the stylings of wrestling writing stories and apply that to the real lives of some of some of the wonderful characters in MMA. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Clay oh, Guida. Yeah. Clay Guida, was a goddamn character. My man's like burping in the corner in between fights. He's making yes, you know, like yes. They can utilize a guy like that, and and maybe fuck his record. But if he's like, people will pay to watch him fight. You know, put him on some shit. Put him on some things, and he gives that fighter perspective. He can be funny. He can have things that are comedy. He's putting on original documentaries about pride. Yeah. You know, they they did very. They do very well. When, um, when like you see, like, uh, like the when they had UFC 200, the 200 greatest fighters countdown, oh, yeah, um, or the 25th anniversary, those little short documentaries about the ultimate fighter one and, uh, um, the Fertitas and Dana White built, you know, buying it and Ronda Rousey coming up, you oh, know, what I'm yeah. talking about, oh, like, yeah, they they do well with that, grow it bigger. Do stuff on Pride. Buy the Pride Library and have those Pride fights on there. And have other stuff. Oh, you know, do documentaries on Bass Rootin. Oh, my God. I was about on... to say, if they did a Bass Rootin documentary, I would, I would pay all the money. You know what I'm saying? You know, do something real on John Jones. Behind the scenes, then, you know, John Jones' comeback, number 850. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Partner, why the hell do you not partner – Joe Rogan works for you, has the biggest podcast yep. in the world. You don't think Joe Rogan would partner and do uh, making like the you can make the Rogan podcast like 
exclusive, like on the like the UFC network and or like a monthly spot, like a fight. monthly spot on there. Yes, you know, like build up. Yes, so it's not you know flooded. Like what they what WWE did with Stone Cold and Chris Jericho and they're like they you know before Jericho at the AEW, yep. like they had their weekly podcast, but like they would do like a monthly. Like Joe Rogan for sure would. Do I'm that. sure he would. Uh, Dana White. Here's another thing: sucking up his pride, making up with Brendan Schaub. Brendan Schaub is very popular. Yeah. And Brendan Schaub does stuff for Showtime and has a popular podcast, Fighter and the Kid. Eddie, those fight companions, people love that. How about UFC doing a fight companion every month? Yeah. It'd be great. You know how people would – would you not love – those are my favorite Rogan podcast episodes. I would love yeah. it. You're not wrong, man. I mean, the opportunity – I don't know. I don't know what's. I don't know what's going on with the promotional side of the UFC things, but like, there are clear opportunities that aren't being seized to capture a wider audience, and yeah, it's like dumb little stuff, and it's it's sad because like. I, I, the UFC is is the biggest premier promotion. It has currently like ninety percent of the most deadliest fighters on the planet contracted, and I'm like, I feel like we're missing, we're missing out. Mm-hmm. And I I don't I think it's just Dana White, and he's done a lot of good. For the sport, for sure, but swallowing pride—I mean, his pride—and yeah. partnering, and you know what, making some of these leagues then be like the minor leagues, and you can use that content even on the like a, a UFC network, and you know, hooking up and then making them, you know, like Vince now has like the NXT, yeah. how popular that is, and you can get an audience for that. I think people would love it. Then, like, you can make reality shows and programming out of that and make it you know you have Tuesday night contender but then you have like a ultimate fighter kind of series with like the minor league system with some of these other leagues like I think there's just so many things you can do to be creative that will get the casual fan in will get the casual fan you know what we've given so many ideas tonight talking about the history of martial arts and movies and how it looked whack and then Lethal Weapon 1 had that. And then, would you not I watch would. a documentary, yeah. Mike? Like, I would. I think a lot of people would. Like, that's something that can be very good. Seeing how, like, the Marvel movies and shows are now using more legit MMA and getting, like, people, you know, interviewing different people. I think people would love that. I really do. Uh, yeah. Uh, 100%. It's crazy. I, I just think, um, because you're right, too. Good point that the, the this pandemic. UFC is looking really – a lot of other sports are at least, I give them credit, trying. You know, whether it's showing old um, showing old games or you see the NBA doing the horse and the NBA 2K yeah. stuff. Is that boring? And I'm a big basketball fan. Does that bore me? For sure, that part. But, like, you know, using the last dance – and now UFC doesn't have a Michael Jordan to kind of equal that. But how helpful this has been for the NBA – to have the last dance documentary premiered and bring back that attention for its greatest star. Yeah. Um, 
you know, the NFL draft via Skype and Zoom and all that, but people were talking about it. What's the UFC doing? Just talking about an empty arena and Fight Island. You know, stupid. Yeah, it's just they talking did, about. They it's did not in... like today or yesterday that they're going to do three fights uh, in a week. They're going to do them on the uh, on the ninth, on like the thirteenth and the fifteenth, I believe. Yeah, I I and just I'm not, today and I'm not pay a dime for any of them because it's a fucking pandemic. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I just today saw not even yesterday. They are advertising like on like when you go to ESPN Plus, you see UFC one, the beginning, UFC one hundred, making history. They should be hyping that stuff up everywhere. Yeah, like, we're really a week putting out, that out like there. Two weeks out, and they they did just announce it. You know, I, I get it, and they still have to hammer out certain details. But like, once the UFC announces it, man, build up that build up that shit on ESPN Plus, man. You know. I tell you what, we'll see what I want. The question is, let's see how they compare. Because, you know, what they did hype up very well on this app and on the channel. And we watched it together. That Wilder Fury Fight 2 dominated my ESPN Plus app. It was all over it. It it dominated. The network, they they were hyping it up. ESPN hyped it up really well. And to me, UFC is more popular than boxing. But yet, I see ESPN giving way better coverage to boxing than I do anything else. I don't know what it is, man. I, it's, I mean, UFC's clearly. I don't know if it's because the UFC has done things its own way. You know, they've been really adamant. Like they only co-promoted, I think, once or twice with Pride. Um, but after that last co-promotion, it was pretty much the UFC is gonna do things their own way. It's their way or the highway. They're going to need no help from anybody else. Um, I think at this point, like a, a, a change in vision needs to happen. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying Dana White needs to go. I'm not saying anybody needs to be removed or changed, but like, I don't know, man. Like, it needs to be out there more and in a more the thing i like the thing i like about the way that the wwe promotes is that it's sort of like it's something that the adults and the children can do together you know yeah. like, i i can see that being a thing and the adults like it for adult reasons and the children like it for the children reasons i mean the ufc can do that while still promoting combat sports right for sure. I, I I think in in 2020, in this era, yes. If you want to go back years ago, could it be harder? Oh, yeah. Sure. But in this era where now everyone – what do that's why I think podcasts are popular, documentaries are popular, because what do people want? They want to see behind the scenes. They want to see how the sausage is made. And I think, like, wrestling – took a little bit, but they, they got it now. They understand that. That's what people want to see. I think UFC needs to kind of start doing that too, where Uriah Faber's cool as hell. Show that. Um, you know, cow- Cowboy is a character. Dude, really pump that and the, give the, him his... The, the BMF ranch, man. Yeah, man, like show these things. Yeah, like really show these things. Show these characters. Show, you know, than th- just having them on like you know, UFC, whatever, like FS1's like show, like, which is cool, 
I like that they have current fighters get dressed up in a suit and break down a fight. That's really cool, but there's so many other more creative ways to show stuff and to do things because you said it right. These guys are regular guys, and they have different interests and different things that can really be highlighted. You know, I agree. Ronda Rousey got it got highlighted. Wrestling WWE used it. She's a wrestling fan, and the most likability to me she's had in a while was when she did wrestling because for a while she kind of had this villain thing. Oh yeah, but well, they knew how to use it. Yeah, the wrestling did. Yes, it did. Well, she also like outright refused any media after. Uh, that first Holly home loss. And then she took all that time off. Uh, and then she came back and then fought uh, Lioness and then got smoked. But it was like yeah. the way she treated media really reflected negatively on her in the UFC sphere. And that did not happen in the uh, WWE. Yeah. And, and I think kudos for that star making ability because they did. I didn't know how it would work because I'm like, they're going to make her try to be like the, the good guy, but she has a heel kind of feel to her. So I'm like, how are they going to do it? And how, and they knew, but that's the thing. I think that they're not going to be on their level yet, but they're not, they, I don't think they have to be far behind to have that star making appeal and to bring in people to help with that. And I think because you're right, Ronda Rousey did the whole heel thing, and then she lost, and then she did. She didn't eat the humble pie like that. I will say I've seen Conor McGregor do. Sure, Conor McGregor. Whenever he's lost, he's he's like when he lost to Nate Diaz, he immediately was like poor energy management. You know, he immediately was like I I I, and you could tell that. You know, when he fought Nate Diaz that first time, he thought that power at 145 was going to transfer. You know, the power that he had mm-hmm. at 145 and 155 was going to transfer to 170, and that did not happen. He hit Nate with a couple of shots. And Nate's notorious. He only's got, like, one or – I don't even know how many TKO losses. I know it took him forever, and I think Josh Thompson TKO'd him and broke his shit on his face. Uh, But, you know, he, he – Thought that the power of transfer didn't, and he and he and he mentioned in the post fight interview that he like he 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 blew his load. You know, he 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 didn't manage his energy properly. You know, because when you're when you're one forty five, yeah. you know, and you're probably fighting at one sixty, you know, when you cut that weight and you put in all that extra work to cut all that weight, you're in probably a little bit more cardio shape than you would be if you don't prepare the same way for one seventy. Yeah. And and he at least owned it. Even after the fight with Khabib, he owned it. And the, the Floyd stuff, I give him that. He'll own his stuff. Um, Ronda didn't do that. Nope. But it, it's it's something to me that, I don't know, there is a thing of if you don't have a – you don't have John Jones, you don't have McGregor, um, you don't have Lesnar in recent time. Like, there's a few names that really kind of just carry it. And if they're not in it, the interest is really dying out. Agree. Here's a here's a here's a here's a question for you. So, your uh, your your boy, Colby Covington. Oh jeez. Has said that uh, in 2021 he's gonna make the jump to WWE and make a brinks loads of money. Mm-hmm. Think that'll happen? Sure. You think he'll make it? You think he'll be? 
be good for that? I think he'd be good in that. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't seem. Like, I think if he. Though, I he think if he. Like that big of a dude. I think if he wants it. Yes, because you don't have to be huge. Yeah, you know, to to really kind of get in there and do something, he has the believability. He's he has a realness to him. You know what I mean? He's real. That kind of helps out right there. Like Ronda Rousey, even though she, you knew that like an actual UFC at that point, she was past her prime. Like the women's division had caught up yep. to her, then really surpassed her. But when she came to WWE. There's a you knew that oh she does know mixed martial arts and she was a judo warrior and was in the Olympic like so that you know there's bigger women and maybe even more athletic that who were in the women's division in wrestling but she had the believability so that took away from okay. it you know what I mean like so Kobe has the thing of like he fought for real. And he was a champion, you know, whether you hate him, I don't like him, but he, he was legit. He was real. So he has that ability. So even if a guy is like the Miz or something, who might be more, yeah, well, steroids have kind of gone down a little bit too in that. But like he's physically bigger, you know, like Kobe can really kick his ass. So you're not going to be like, I don't believe that. You're like, no, I mean, Kobe can kick yeah. his ass. So it's like, so to me, it's just more if he has a desire. If he's a if he's a wrestling fan, I don't know if he's a real. Is it just a move? Because Tyson Fury did it. Kane Velasquez did it recently. Yeah. Um, I think Ronda Rousey, what she had legit was being a wrestling fan, and that helped her. So she did commit and really work hard. But I don't know if she wanted to keep. I think she kind of. You know, married to Travis Brown wants that family life, What's, and uh, you know, how but long was she wrestling? She did like a full year, year and some change, and then she left, and now she doesn't want to come back. Really, she, you know, so wrestling, wrestling but, uh, to death. Yeah. All right. So I know back in the day, they would wrestle like they'd be out on the road three hundred days out of the year, right? Mm-hmm. And they would do house shows. Mm-hmm. And then they would do tapings. Yep. And then they would do like monthly pay per views. Mm-hmm. Is that still the gimmick now? Is that still the thing now? It's not. A, well, what happens now? Once that was how it was, but then once the Monday Night Wars ended, and then WWE's the only game in town, really, yeah. right? So it was kind of like that for a little bit after, but then you kind of saw. Wrestling went through like a downward thing because then there was no competition. And as much as we don't want to admit, competition does fuel stuff. It makes us better. So what happened was they've created competition now within kind of quote unquote. So now you're not wrestling. Remember, you know, there's two, there's Raw and SmackDown. And you were going on both a lot of times. Now, if you're a Raw guy or a Raw girl, you're on that show, SmackDown on that. So then you're cut less. Some pay-per-views are just for the Raw people. Some are just for SmackDown. Uh, so it's cut a little bit less now. Like, you still do travel a good amount. You know, every week you're going out, you got a show. Yeah, that's um, true. And sometimes you, you know, we, every week you got to go somewhere new. Right. So, and then you got appearances and you have other things. And so, like, you, you are – there are still some house shows. There are still some tapings for other – they do have tapings. So you still are traveling a lot, 
Um, but it's not like, yeah, it was crazy. Like back in the nineties and before it was 300 nights a year. That's where a lot of the, the bad stuff came <laughs> into play. You know what I'm saying? Cause it does make sense. Like to keep up and be in great shape, to travel all the time. You don't know where you're at. You know, you got to keep working out, lifting and doing oh, yeah. this. And, and, you know, back in, especially once Vince McMahon came into it, he made, being a big body was a priority. He, so then that's where the roids come in and, you know, drug testing was weak for a long time. Sure. So it's, a, a, it was dangerous, but now it's, it's cut in half. So it's not as much, not as much. And Brock Lesnar never, that's why he left the first time. He doesn't like traveling. So now his name's power, you know, he has the UFC as leverage. So the past few contract negotiations, he was able to get it where he works part-time and he doesn't come as much. But he still pops when he shows up. He still pops. Um, I don't really – I don't see the need for a pop. I, he he bores me. The way they use him bores me. But um, there's still a pop. People could – I mean, he does have believability. Yeah. So I do get that, but uh, there. So there is a pop there, but yeah, he would have been. Yeah. if he had a, if he had a fought right out of college, like if he didn't jump to the WWE, if he was in the UFC, he would have been the most dominant heavyweight champion in the UFC. It wouldn't even be close. Yeah, and I, I hate that because I feel like um, He's just all size to me. You know what I mean? And I don't I don't really like that, I guess. Um Well, he's not that he's all size. Like he is a, a legitimate wrestler. You know, he But I'm saying like I don't know. There's I think I've seen plenty of wrestlers who I look and I'm like, they're better wrestlers just on amateur wrestling than what Brock Lesnar Brock Lesnar had ability. Like he wasn't like just a stiff, I'm saying, but a lot of that was he was a freak of nature. And probably to me, look like if you look at him in Minnesota, look like he's roided out there. You think he was roided out? He looks it to me. If you look at clips of him in Minnesota, he I know he has that farm boy Dakota stuff going, but he looks roided out there. Okay. And I'm like, that's just not fair. Oh. Like, like he looks like he's like 265, 270 roids in college against a, a, a 20, 21 year old kid who's. 235 and not that he's not in shape, he's an amateur wrestler, but it's like he's like not flab, but you know, that wrestler build yeah, heavyweight, wrestler build. but Brock, yeah, that Brock Lesnar looks different. And I'm just like, that doesn't look fair, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, it doesn't look fair. And I guess that's what bothers me because you know, Kurt Angle wrestled would wrestle Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle in a wrestling match when they were in WWE, he would beat Brock Lesnar, he they would all like everyone would come out and see and Angle takes Brock Lesnar down. He would like, yeah, I actually, uh, watched him, uh, on one of the, I watched Kurt Angle discuss it and he's like, yeah, you know, I took him down a couple times. I mean, he, 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 he didn't take me down, but he was trying to like give Brock props, but also like he didn't take me down. <laughs> and Brock, Kurt Angle is really like five eleven, probably like, I think at most, maybe like 215. Yeah. You know, not big. I mean, he's strong and jacked and has a motor and great shape, great athlete, gold medalist. So he's maybe even 5'10". Okay. 5'10 to 5'11". Lesnar's 6'3", 6'4". 
and who knows, depending on whatever, anywhere from I I don't I doubt really two seventy to two ninety probably. Jesus, this is a large man. And and Lesnar's you know Lesnar angles five six inches shorter and 70, 80 pounds lighter. And you see, Kurt Angle's a great wrestler, and he's taking Brock down. Like, right? Like, you, you always say, Randy Couture had Lesnar. Oh, he had Lesnar beat until Lesnar caught him with the, with the fucking little tiny... Yeah, it wasn't a point. great... It wasn't a great punch. Yeah. But I don't look at that knockout punch and go, oh, like, that was a great knockout. Like, he just it has a big, heavy hand. And it got yeah. him, you know, is how I look yeah. at it. So I, I just think also the way Brock Lesnar is, like, I don't think Brock Lesnar would have committed to anything. I think he is, he's a paid, you know, quote-unquote mercenary. So I don't think Brock Lesnar would have stuck with fighting and worked his way up and done it. Just like he didn't, he, he blew up in wrestling so fast and still burned out and left really quickly. His run was like a year and a half. Yeah, that first run in wrestling. Yeah, they went to then with the UFC. He burned out. He couldn't handle the travel and the demands of being a champion and having to do appearances. Like I think, and that just shows. That's why he's always putting UFC and WWE against each other. He he won't commit to stuff. Like Brock wasn't a four year guy at Minnesota. He, he switched over from some small junior college. Like. Brock wasn't a committed dude with things. So I think he he couldn't hold down the fort with something. I don't think it's in his nature. Yeah. Who are you? I really don't. I just can't. You know, it's like weird. I was hoping that by now, like, the UFC would be paying fighters more because I feel like we're missing out on these freak, freaking athletes. Like, all these offensive and defensive linemen in the in, in the NFL. These guys that are like 300 pounds that can still run a 40 in like less than six seconds mm-hmm. and are freaks of nature. But their their focus is on football because there's too much money in it. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to ask you yesterday about like, you know, uh, Sean Jordan. Oh, yeah, your boy, Sean Jordan. Yeah, I, and to me, like, if there's anyone who I am just obsessed with their, like, build and physique is Sean yeah. Jordan. Played at LSU, played football. He's not really tall. He's, like, six feet, but, like, his looks – honestly, I think he's, like, they say 260 to 270. It looks like he could be, like, 300, yeah. but not fat. Yeah. And just is like a, a freaking nature, and it's a bad dude. And like, but Sean Jordan's six feet tall. I bet you if Sean Jordan's six five, you'd never hear of him in, in no. fighting in the UFC. No, you're right. You know, B. Shaw. I'm surprised they got Brendan Schaub for a little bit of time. Brendan Schaub, six four, six five, at two sixty five, did try to play in the NFL, didn't make it, and then he went. Like, yeah, he got um, through the uh, the Ultimate Fighter, didn't he? Yeah, I'm surprised they don't have more like that because a lot of people miss. Oh yeah, there's not a, there's a there's a lot of people that go for for the NFL that just don't make it. But here's the thing, right? So the that's why I'm is, saying is that you got these guys that are just training all their lives for the NFL. They don't have any fighting skills. Yeah, but you know you can be 
I think you can be taught certain things. Yeah, but I'm 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 looking for like like elite fighters at that have to cut to 265. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking for like who's the, who's the GSP of the heavyweight division? There is no GSP of the heavyweight. But that's the thing, though. I think we've talked about that in past conversations. Don't do a cut two sixty five for heavyweight because that right there, Mike. If I'm six five and my natural where I'm comfortable weight, I'm still in shape, but I'm a lineman, either D line or O line, is around three hundred pounds. And then you tell me I got cut thirty five, forty pounds. I'm already going to say no, even if even if I like fighting more than football. Hearing that, I'm going to be like, well, create I'm out. a create a like, super heavyweight division. Then, you know, that's what I'm saying. You got that at least you have to do there. Yeah, because you can't create. You're going to lose you can't create people it when you don't have the fighters, though. You know, what I, mean? I think you can. I think you. I bet a lot of heavyweights would want to fight more higher than 265. Maybe. I don't know, I, or maybe decent, but I think you can create some. You start getting the league because let's be real, they had the XFL, you have Arena Football League. Are you really paying? Like, what's what's go going to Canada? Like, is like that's what I'm wondering. Is it that much better to do that than to go to like try to do like some developmental UFC stuff and try to be a star there? You're you're not wrong, man. That's that's a great idea. Because like I still think like you know you don't have the trait like somebody who did BJJ for all those years, no. But still, like a heavyweight, it's different. And B. Shab did all that. Yeah, you know, he trained and he beat Crocop. He beat Crocop. And 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 imagine though, like he kind of elevated too fast. Probably. probably, I can't. I still can't believe he beat Crocop, man. Yeah, that's what that's his claim to fame for UFC. Other than that, he has bad yeah, losses. He does. You know, Travis Brown embarrassed him. Knockouts. Yeah, forget. And it's and it's and Travis Brown. <laughs> I thought Travis Brown. Uh, yeah, Travis yeah, Brown's Travis huge. Really I thought Travis Brown was going to go really, really far because he was like athletic. He was like like fluid and big, mm-hmm. but he just those really tall guys in the heavyweight don't like. I mean, there are a lot of them are tall. Like six four yeah. to six five or six three, those six seven six eight Step guys. I don't know. There's like timber. Yeah, yeah. That's like you know, you know, big tree fall Pretty hard. Much, that's yeah. just what I see with that. You know what I'm saying? Like the Silvas, like they're not. They don't no. make it for some. Yeah, you know, I heard Mark Hunt's trying to come back for for a few more fights over in Japan. Mark Hunt, Mark Hunt. That's interesting. Dude, yeah, you love Mark some Mark Hunt. Guy. Love the way he fights, man. Love. Him. I was sad that Lesnar beat him, and then Lesnar gets the Roy. I think Lesnar would have won anyway, but then Lesnar gets, you know, yep. the Roy cheated. So like that disqualifies him. I tell you who I miss that I miss more than anyone, and he he is my favorite heavyweight. Like who I'm a, not like he's the best, but the heavyweight who I think about. There's two heavyweights yeah. that are always on my mind. One is Kane. Kane just like. Just for so many reasons, coulda, shoulda, woulda, and just in his prime, how badass he was. So I think of Kane and Shane Carwin. Yeah, I I loved Shane Carwin. A lot of people say were big, was it just as big as that big? Oh as yeah, Brock. he was huge. Well, I remember, um, I was convinced that he was going to knock out Brock. I was convinced. 
He had him, but here's the thing: he didn't finish. That yeah, he blew. He, he winded. He got yeah, winded. Shot his wad, and it's like weird because like at a certain point at the end of that first round, it was you can make the argument that the ref should have stopped that fight, but the yes. ref didn't. And what wound up happening was Brock Lesnar coming back winning, which is it's like one of those things like you can't be mad that they didn't stop that fight because he came back and won. Well, it's the only fight that to me I will give yeah, to Lesnar. He earned every honestly every penny that he got that night. Because Lesnar, every other fight, when he gets hit or gets into trouble, he's not really good. I don't even call the Randy Couture thing like anything, but I give him credit, like because Brock can't take a punch, and he before and after yep. he's shown that. But in that fight, somehow, I don't know what it was that night. I don't know if the Roys were flowing better, but he fought through, and he did. And Shane is a was a dangerous puncher. But Shane, to me, was just – he was like Brock, but he's likable. Yeah, I like Shane cool Carlin. You know who else I also – I love Nate Marquardt. I love yes, – dude, Nate yes. Marquardt's knockout win over Tyron Woodley is violently beautiful. You know, and, and I think that's the thing that I'm saying, and we're both saying, like, there's guys, like – because we also are fans, and we talk about, like, guys who were, like, or, and ladies who are douchey, and we're like, ah, even we may say they're great, but sure. not likable, right? And now there's a way that you can hype that up and create, you know, people want to see the people they don't like get beat, and that brings viewers. But there's a lot of people in throughout UFC's like history who are very likable and like always, you know, it's been forever, but crush that whole myth of these are barbarian thugs and they're dumb and like they're, they're likable people intelligent interesting funny empathetic nice you know chuck liddell's one of the nicest and guys. deceivingly nice man you look at him you think he's just gonna punch you in the face for looking at him funny i remember he yeah. did an interview where he was like talking about being out and about and he was like yeah you know we were out and about and uh one of my buddies was like yo like, that guy's over there looking at us funny. Like, he's trying to start something. So I looked at my friend, and I'm like, I have a Fu Manchu, a Mohawk, and a tattoo on my head. Of course people are going to look at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I think that would be so... I mean... A, a show... How funny would it be? A show... I think I would watch on UFC fighters... Because we've heard a lot of story. I know you and I have... Um, of them going out to yeah. out to eat, out to a club, out to a bar, and some idiots trying to mess with them. And that show could be very funny. It could be like comedic, like because those stories are funny. Of like the UFC fire, like dude, come on, man, just I'll buy you a drink. Just right. go, just leave me alone, please. Like begging them, like I don't want to do this. Like people think it's the opposite, right? People think they're just looking to beat up the world. No, they are begging and pleading. I don't. I just want to eat. I just want to have my drink. Please leave me alone. And it's almost like comedic how like th- like how dumb that person is. Like, bro, you you know somehow you know this person is tough. Yet you think you've drunk enough or you snorted enough that you have this courage to win something. And this person is begging and pleading you, gassing you up. Like you could honestly 
take this win and lie. You know, it's a lie. You could tell your friends. I went up to a Chuck Liddell and said, let's fight. And he said, no. You know, it's a lie. You can even uh, they yeah. take that win. But no, you keep it going and then you get knocked out yep. and then you want to sue. Like, it's comedic. And like, to me, UFC had a network would do funny shows about that. That wouldn't be one episode, like a one-time thing. You can make that like a running thing, like season one of stories, season two of stories. Like, and it would be Boss hilarious. Newton has a story. I forget. It was somebody famous. Like, he was out and about. And uh, he, like, bumped into him. And he said, my bad, you know, whatever. And the guy that he bumped into was, like, uh, like eyeing him up. And he was like, oh, you think you're funny or something like that? And Boss was like, no, I don't. And he's like, what, do you think you're tough? And he's like, well, I'm Boss Rudin. And the guy was like, you want to take this outside? And Boss was like, as a matter of fact, I do. I forgot who that fighter mm-hmm. was. It wasn't a fighter. It was a famous dude. Uh, oh, shoot. Oh, was it Brian Erlacher? Brian Erlacher. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. It was Brian Erlacher. And they <laughs> Could you imagine? And that was like, that's like prime time boss right now. And, and Erlacher's big dude himself, yeah. but yeah, would get hammered. Like, like you're a professional fleet. Yeah, you're a freak. Yes, you can tackle people. You can hit people good. But goddamn, Boss Rutten will take your legs home with him. Well, the thing is, like, Erlacher is going to lose to, I'm trying to think, oh, you know, uh, a one, yeah. you know, BJ Penn at his biggest. Wait, what? One, like, 160, 170. Matt Hughes. Erlacher's losing that fight. Now, Erlacher is 6'4 and is playing when he's, who knows what he's like offseason right. when he, Puts on weight, maybe, probably, but say playing is like six four, two sixty, six five, two like, and Jackson has that look and crew cut. Her lack of looks intimidating, absolutely. Yeah, but Boss isn't even like a Boss is not huge, but Boss was yeah, like, like two, six one, like two five, good size. Yeah, yeah Boss no. is not a little guy either. So I'm like, and you know he has to. When you're, let's be real, like we're not famous. But when you're in that world of celebrity and you're in like a club, like I think they're in a bar or a club, you know when there's other like celebrity kind of known people in there, you you hear, you ask about, you know. So say he hasn't, someone told him, like he knows that's, he knows that's a fighter and he doesn't know his record and how good he is. He oh, knows yeah, he's talking to a fighter though. And that's just that dumb. But that's like that's funny. I remember that's why I was like, when you said that, I'm like, who was that? And then you were, I'm like, this was Erlacher because it was somebody who like, it wasn't like a like a musician where it's like dumb. It was somebody who I'm like, I'm thinking like somebody who like for the average Joe, you would be like, whoa. But for Boss Rutten, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're pretty stupid. No, um. On that note, I think yeah, let's uh let's let's wrap this one up though. This part two, uh, I'll probably release part one tomorrow, and then I'll do part two a little bit later next week. Give us some separation, but Mike, for your first time, we we've done a show in the past a couple years ago on in the zone. This is awesome, man! Like, thank you. I want to if you're down, let me know your schedule. We can do we can every week. <laughs> You know, we will definitely and beyond. Definitely uh, do this again. Whatever you're appreciate free. Appreciate you having me on, man. You're 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 an exquisite conversationalist. Hey, um, I I just go by the people I'm with. So Jose is great at it. You are too. Um, you're you're you're. This is fun. I 
I needed this in a lot of ways, you know, not just because of the podcast, but most importantly, I miss you as my friend. I miss not being able to see you in person. And with this quarantine, you know, um, I was, if people are doing, people have ups and downs. This week was kind of a down. It was kind of starting to be like, I'm getting yeah. tired just seeing my coworkers every day and that's it. So um, it, it was great to, to yeah, you know, you too, man. catch well, listen, up and talk with we'll you. We'll definitely man. be in touch more often. We will not let the amount of time pass by. And I want you to be safe and socially distanced. You too, buddy. You too. And uh, hopefully this ends soon so we can we can hang Absolutely. out in person and even podcast in person again. So, but uh, for handsome Mike Pratt, I'm Jeremy Duff. Thanks for Bye. listening. Peace.